What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird. And Randy. And you're tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's give them the bird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Give Them the Bird podcast. Um, Today's episode, we kind of previewed it in last week's episode. We were talking all about just a check-in, how we're feeling about food and movement in our bodies, and the topic of body image and motherhood came up. And um, we were like, let's pause this convo and record this and make it a podcast episode. So we're back today to talk about this topic. Um, And obviously it's something that for me, I've never thought about it really before. Um, And and then having a three and a half month old, obviously it's, I'm thinking about it a whole, a whole lot more than, than I ever did before. And then I realized, Randy, I was like, I've never talked to you about like your, how your body image or like how this topic comes up for you with Evelyn. Like we've talked a lot about your body image and everything. And even with like GTB, um, like the coaching, the academy that you went through, it never came up. So I'm, I'm super interested to know kind of your thoughts on this. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know more from you. Yeah. I, so it's interesting because It never really occurred to me that the small things I do, like, you know, body checking or um, commenting about, you know, foods being healthy or whatever, um, it never really occurred to me that that could rub off on my kids until, Mm -hmm. like, I saw something about it in social media at one point, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, you know, I do need to be more conscious of that, and then... um, when you had, I'm forgetting her name, and I even like chatted with her on Instagram a couple of times, but um, the dietitian that focused on like kids, um, it was season oh, one. Alex. Was yes, it Alex? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed listening to her talk about mm. um, food and kids and just like not labeling foods as good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so, you know, back then, that was like two, three years ago now, I started trying to take away like the healthy, unhealthy, good, bad from my vocabulary around food, at least around the kids. I mean, I still try to do that in my everyday as well, right. um, but I'm still battling that with them. Like they'll mm. still ask, mom, are these healthy? Mom, is that mm. healthy? Um, so for me, it hasn't been as much around body image. I've been pretty good about not body checking, not... I don't weigh myself really at all anymore, but not doing that around them. Um, and I definitely don't comment about my body around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been more about the language around food that I've noticed has mm-hmm. rubbed off on my kids for sure. So Yeah. I see that a lot with with people, I feel like. I mean, everything that we talk about rubs off on them. I have one of my good friends when we use like the Marco Polo app. And when she's talking about her, um, her toddler, she won't say her name because she's like, anytime she hears her name, like her, her listening ears go on. Um, 
And yeah, I think I think the food is really, really common. And it's funny, I obviously Mallory is very young, but I noticed it with the way I was verbalizing things about my body. Mm -hmm. Like my body has changed a lot postpartum, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I didn't expect it to. Like I knew that it would change, but I didn't think that it would bother me the way that it has. Um, and so I remember she was like on her little play gym on the floor and I was just in, you know, my sports bra and like my spandex shorts and I was leaning over and I was like, oh my God, like commenting on my body and literally she's laying right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I got to knock that shit off. Like that, mm -hmm. I, that's no gray area there. <laughs> like absolutely yeah. not. You know, for me, it's like, again, black, very black and white. Like I can't say those things. Um, and, and then I started thinking about, it's also difficult because there's already so many pressures on mom to be like moms, to be like the perfect mom and to not fuck up their kids and all of this stuff. And we know that even if we have the perfect relationship with our body and with food and with movement, like our children can still develop eating disorders and disordered eating because we are just one, one source of information input for them. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely moved to the forefront of my mind. I'm kind of curious with the food though. Um, so you mentioned that the kids will say like, is this healthy? Is this not healthy? Mm -hmm. How, if at all, do you respond to that? Um, and obviously, maybe it's like depends on the context and the situation, and if you're in a hurry or not. But I'm just kind of curious. I'm tired. I am. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, just eat it. Well, when I'm in the right mindset and have the time to explain it, um, I tell them that nothing is healthy or unhealthy. It's all about like how much you eat and how much nutritional value it has and what it does for your body. Mm. Um, we actually just talked about this yesterday. I can't remember what. Oh, I had packed a lunch for my daughter because I was picking her up from her camp and I had to take her then to daycare. And so she had a little lunch to eat along the way. And she asked about everything in the thing. Is my peanut butter and jelly healthy? Is my Are my little turkey bites healthy? Or is the cheese healthy? Um, and I said it all is healthy in some way in that it you know, provides you nutrients that are good for your body. Mm. And she said, what about candy? Is candy healthy? And I said, well, it doesn't provide many nutrients, but you eat it for enjoyment. Mm. So mm -hmm. that's how I'm trying to explain most things to them, which I know is not perfect, but I feel like that at least moves them a bit away from the good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. Yeah. Um, but I was just reminded of something that happened a couple years ago when I was deep into like, you know, the weighing my food and tracking my food. Um, I think in a previous episode, I mentioned that like, I wouldn't share food with my kids when mm -hmm. they asked because I pre-weighed it. Um, but I didn't realize how much that was rubbing off on them until, um, I can't remember what Evelyn said or asked, but Levi, who was probably six at the time, chimed in and was like, mom's gluten-free, <laughs> which I wasn't gluten-free, but like, that's, <laughs> that's the, the vocabulary he had to basically express, like, she's on a diet. She's, mm. you know, almost like, <laughs> gosh like first of all how do you know what that is second of right. all like you're paying way more attention than I realize mm -hmm. yeah it makes me wonder too like at what age because I want to it's it's weird I do want to give myself a little bit of grace obviously like be compassionate yes um but I'm like at what age do I really need to crack down on this shit and I was kind of looking it up and I found that um there was a study done that showed that five to eight year olds who think their moms are unhappy with their bodies are more likely to feel dissatisfied with their own. 
like five to eight year olds. Yeah. And I know that, you know, it's so weird because I was thinking of it too. A lot of the, the clients or the students that I work with before having Mallory, it was almost like I was not that there's sides to this, but like I was on the child side, right? Mm -hmm. I was able to better empathize with the, the child in this situation or the student that I was working with or whoever it was. And we talk a lot about, you know, the way that our parents' perceptions of health and fitness impact F, impact mm-hmm. us. And like, I was very keenly aware of that. And I've been very lucky. I, sh- I think I've shared before and my mom listens to Ollie. So, Hey mom, um, my mom, I don't think ever made me feel negatively about my body. Um, she did an incredible job raising us. Um, but now that I've had Mallory, I feel like I'm on the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's kind of like a mind fuck for me because it gives me a whole nother purpose and a whole nother reason to, you know, be more mindful and be more accepting and neutral towards my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also really hard. And I think another hard part that I'm running into with it is that there are so many other people, like their expectations that were kind of placed on me. Like I had a midwife who, who mentioned before I um, even gave birth, um, I wasn't concerned at all about my weight, like mm-hmm. while I was pregnant. I only met with this midwife once, thank God. Um, and she said, well, do you plan on breastfeeding after, you know, after having your baby? And I was like, yeah, I do. And she goes, well, that's baby liposuction. And she went on to talk for literally probably like, I mean, at length, five to eight minutes about, you know, just, just eat the right foods and you're, you're already active. So just like stay active and you'll be fine. And Tyler was in the appointment with me and I finally just kind of had to cut her off. And I said, yeah, "Yeah, I'm really not concerned about it. I trust that my body's going to do what it needs to do now and and afterwards. But that has stuck with me and I think that then when I, now that I am breastfeeding and the quote unquote weight's not falling off, I, it's, something's not adding up. Like, what am I doing wrong? Am I eating too much? Right. Right. Even though I didn't have that expectation for me or people would say like, well, you'll be good postpartum because you're like so active already, like things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of frustrating because I feel like I didn't have these expectations for myself. Like I was very much like, I love my, I love what this body is creating and Mm -hmm. I will meet it where it's at postpartum. But then unexpectedly all these other tidbits from other people and from online and all of that, like it's, it really is infiltrating my, (laughs) my body neutrality work. And again, now like I'm seeing it show up obviously not in Mallory. She's only three and a half months. Like that would be way too young to see body image concerns, (laughs) but at least, you know, like saying things and doing things right in front of her. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. And I, it just makes me think about like how I'm going to approach those things as she gets older. It makes me like really excited because I thought that I was going to be having a boy (laughs) and surprise, surprise. I had a girl, (laughs) but there was like, I remember this feeling of the moment that I found out she was a girl it was just this, I am so fucking excited to teach her how we should respect our body. Like that just yeah. gets me so freaking excited. But then there's a side of me that's like, but I'm already fucking it up. <laughs> like, Oh my God. No. You know, like it's, it's so, it's so hard to weigh those two things. And I think like to accept where you're at and be compassionate and non-judgmental and also 
recognize like there are serious implications for you know saying things out loud or labeling foods and so I think it's really great that you have done such a you've been so conscious and mindful of the way that you talk about food and bodies and especially the way like you said I don't body check I don't weigh myself like not directly in front of my kids especially Mm -hmm. I think that's that's so that's so great and it's a good reminder for me too yeah well I mean if you think about it just the fact that you're even mindful of those things puts you like so far ahead of society in general and (laughs) the fact that you're thinking about it when she's three months old is (laughs) incredible you know I didn't have these thoughts at all until probably three years ago so Mm -hmm. um you know I think first of all I think you're doing an amazing job thank you Brandy Mm -hmm. obviously yeah um but yeah it's so damaging for for you to hear that one because it's an unrealistic expectation like it's not baby liposuction everybody's different like it's not this magic bullet um and like we shouldn't think of it as baby liposuction even if it does that it's like these amazing tatas have kept this child alive for three and a half months like yeah the female body i tell you what yeah Yeah. and like saying that that's what you should want like maybe you don't want that after Mm -hmm. you know like there's just so many things wrong there but yeah um but yeah i you know i think we need to think about both you know boys and girls but i Mm. feel like girls especially get you know the brunt of the societal expectations of how they should look and how they should be um and I can't remember what age I heard a statistic um, about like what age they start perceiving other people's mm. judgments of them. Um, probably mostly peers, but you know I'm sure adults too. And I feel like Evelyn right now, she's six, is at an age where she's not really perceiving that too much um, because you know when she's in her little bathing suit. Um, you know, she'll throw off her towel and start dancing like in the middle of the boat. And I am just like, I freaking love this. God, she's and, so like, cute. I never want that confidence to go away. And I know it will over time just because, you know, people get self-conscious in that. But I think if you add that layer of like body insecurity on top of it, you know, that just makes it even harder for them to like feel confident to do whatever the heck they want to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just, you know when we talked in, um, the give them the bird, um, academy, Mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, thinking of yourself or talking to yourself, um, in kind words. And if it helps sometimes think about yourself as a young child and what you would say to her. Um, and so, yeah, now you have this real child that you, you know, can say those things to, or Mm -hmm. kind of mold in that way. So, right. Yeah. That's, that's actually something my, my therapist has been using on me. I'm like, uh, of course, um, (laughs) you know, like, well, what would you say to Mallory in those situations? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. it used to be, how would you coach a student through that or something like that? But now it's like, and then I just start bawling, you know? Um, but I love that you mentioned, you know, the emphasis on needing to think about both girls and boys. And I'm curious, did you, I mean, obviously you were in a totally different place, when Levi was Evelyn's age. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you noticed any differences? Like, do you find, and they're two completely different kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you find that Levi ever asked questions like that? Is that like, is this healthy? Is that not healthy or anything like that? 
He does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He'll ask those same things. Um, and I don't know, you know, if it's left over from what I was doing a couple years ago. Um, and he's also, you know, he's, he's nine, so he's on YouTube and stuff. And mm -hmm. so he hears things there. Um, and then, you know, Gerald is still like somewhat tracking food, sometimes yeah. winning things. He's very, you know, we went to ice cream last night and he skipped his workout and whatever. He's not right. super rigid about it, but, um, so I don't know if it's a little bit from that or, you know, mm -hmm. just, who knows, but right. he, he does ask those things too. I haven't noticed anything with either of them body wise, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm counting my blessings with that. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's this kind of balance of, um, noticing and being alert, but not, but also not hyper fixating on it either. And I think that I talk to people about this in their own lives as well, because sometimes it's like if I, and I'm, I'm saying this as a reminder to myself, but if I am so focused on like not being a source of unhealthy body image and concerns like that of Mallory, it's almost like I make it happen. Like I make, sure. you know, mountains out of molehill or whatever that saying is, um, and I think that part of it, too, is just recognizing that, again, there's so many different sources of information for kids. We are one one input or two inputs, you know, whatever it might be. And just being really, I guess, ready to have the conversations like you were and like knowing what you're going to say and also recognizing that kids are it's going to it's they're going to run into it. It's, it's inevitable. Like it is absolutely mm -hmm. inevitable. I mean between the ages of zero to 15, you know, like it's going to happen and, and even beyond that. Um, mm -hmm. But some things I was thinking of like for myself that I especially want to be cognizant of, I love what you mentioned about like the labeling of foods, being mindful of that um, mm -hmm. and the not body checking and not like, you know, pinching the body or weighing yourself. I think that's really important. Um, another thing that I'm really interested for when Mallory can talk and when this comes up is when we notice other people's bodies because mm -hmm. I know that kids are probably going to still use language and, and use it in a negative connotation of like oh she's fat or he's fat mm -hmm. right and they they don't mean it in a positive way um and so kind of navigating what that's going to be like and I think that's something that's really big and and then I also think of exposing another thing I'm really cognizant of is I want to expose Mallory to all different types of bodies, like mm -hmm. both in size, but also colors and ability levels and, you know, genders, everything. And just being at least trying my best to consume, have her consume sources of like diverse and inclusive, you know, rep bodies that are representative well, mm -hmm. um, those are some things that I really want to be mindful of. And, and again, it's like finding this balance of being mindful and conscious of it and not hyper fixating on it to where right. I don't allow books in the house that only have like thin characters <laughs> or like right. homegirl can't watch, you know, uh, hocus pocus because of something or like, absolutely not. Um, right. so I think finding that's where I can find the balance. Um, yep. But when it comes to like me, myself and I, and the way that I project, yeah, I don't want any, I don't want, I don't want to have anything to do with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think it's good that you're thinking about exposing her to those things. Mm -hmm. 
and that's not something that I have actively thought about, but, um, but I think that's really important. And I, you know, don't think I've encountered my kids at least commenting on anybody else's body mm-hmm. yet. I'm sure that will come. Right. Um, so it's good to kind of, like you said, proactively think about how you would respond to those things. Um, but I almost forgot, but when we talked about this last week, um, I had been reminded of a story that oh, yeah. a friend of mine had told me recently. So she um, got together with another friend of hers who had planned to lose weight. I believe they were using a medication. I'm not sure of the specifics, but anyway, she lost like 50 pounds or something and she was proud of it. She was happy with that. Um, and so my friend commented and said, you know, you look great. Congratulations. Kind of a typical conversation around that type of thing. But then what, um, the gal that had lost the weight said was that, um, her mom commented and said, yeah, you look great, but you could stand to lose some more weight. And so, like that, you know, she's an adult woman, Mm -hmm. and she's still looking to her mom for this approval based on her weight, and, like, she couldn't even enjoy, not, you know, that weight loss is the goal, but, you know, for her it was, and she couldn't even enjoy what she had accomplished because Mm. it wasn't good enough for her mother, which is just heartbreaking, you know? So heartbreaking, and that's... I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up because we've talked a lot about, like, children, but Mm -hmm. what about adult children and, like, the relationships that, like, we have with our bodies because of our parents? Um, Right. And it just goes to show it it doesn't stop after age 15 or 18 Mm -hmm. or, you know, 30 or I don't know how old this person is, but... um, And I think, too, that, like, it's it's a generational thing. Like, it totally is generational. It gets handed down... Um, and that I, yeah, that, that's just like a crushing feeling and it's, it's so hard to not get so angry (laughs) at that mother and also recognize again, the differences between generations and, you know, there's a, that whole conversation, but that is, I mean, think how terrible that would feel, you know, I I can't imagine like, Mm -mm. you know, I've mentioned this before, but like when I left my job as a pharmacist, like I called my mom cause I kind of felt like I needed not her permission, but I wanted her mm-hmm. approval. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that was just not just, but that was my job. It wasn't like my physical being, like my body. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine being, not having the approval of someone I need it from so much, you right. know? Mm-hmm. And then knowing, <clears throat> knowing just how impactful a mother's relationship with her body is. To mm-hmm. how much it impacts the child. Think how much a mother, I don't even know, have the statistics or the research on it, but how much a mother's perception of her child's body impacts the child's body image, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that's wild. And and I think that's why in a lot of, like, the intuitive eating work that I do, and, and I do this with fitness and with body image and with, you know, relationships to food and everything, but we do like a diet history and we talk about, you know, what were your sources of, um, of like, you know, concern or like parents perceptions or was it the media or whatever it was. And I, I totally think that parental approval, oh man, the impact that that can have on our bodies. And I, I think I'm 
maybe mentioned it a little bit last week, but I recently had a conversation meeting back up with a student that I've been working with for several years and took a trip out to see her, um, her parents and she hadn't seen them for a little bit. Her body size has changed. She's gained weight since seeing them, since working together because mm -hmm. I've, I think I brought her up in several episodes, but she was originally referred to me for weight loss and yep. we uncovered, you know, all these concerns and her mom sat her down and for an hour she kept asking like, are you okay? Are you really doing okay? And the student was like, yeah, you know, I feel better than I ever have. Like I'm no longer depressed and like mm -hmm. I'm enjoying life and all of these things. She was like, why is my mom constantly asking this? Well, when her mom sat her down, she goes, you've just gained so much weight and you're not taking care of yourself. I'm so concerned with your health. And it was like red flag, red flag, red flag, mm -hmm. like all right. the things that we shouldn't say. <laughs> yeah. um, and we really just talked through like the chokehold that this mother's perception of health and well-being had on this individual for 25 years and that yeah. what really helped her in you know creating some space was physical distance she had to move out of the house and her parents had to move across the country and obviously all the work that she's done with me but she also has a therapist she's met with like a um inclusive dietitian like everything mm -hmm. but it just goes to show that I mean, she has had this this interaction with her mom so many times, but this time she said when she was on her flight home, it felt like a graduation for her because she oh didn't, gosh. yeah, she didn't give in to her mom. And it was the, oh my gosh, the cutest freaking thing. She said, after that conversation, um, like I stood my ground with my mom and I said, I'm fine. You don't need to worry about me. Like my body mm -hmm. has never been healthier. She recently got a physical, like all of these things. She said... I walked out of my bedroom and there's like a hallway mirror and she stopped and looked at herself in the hallway mirror and she thought to herself like what does like what's wrong with my mom like I'm cute like why is she concerned <gasps> oh I'm cute goodness. and we I was like oh my god I know and the fact that we just spent the whole session talking about how you know two years ago that would have led her into a spiral that perception mm -hmm. from her mom and so I think I'm so glad that you bring that up because I, I think part of us, if, if we are someone who does struggle with that unhealthy relationship with our with our bodies, maybe due to our parents' perception, mm -hmm. boundary setting and being okay with, you know, knowing that we are healthier and happier than ever in the bodies that we are in, if mm -hmm. that's the case for you. Um, and then also being able to use what we've experienced to then positively impact, you know, our offspring, <laughs> our children right. and and we get we get that really important, um, but also very exciting opportunity opportunity to like change the narrative and to you know to switch mm -hmm. it up. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad that you bring up the relationships with our bodies and how it's impacted even as adult children. Yeah, well, and I think you make an important point too about like the generational differences. You know, there's some people who will say when it comes to like older generations not being as educated on some of these like newer mm -hmm. concepts, newer in quotations, right. um, you know, they're like, well, there's no excuse, you know, but I'm kind of sympathetic because they're not, they're not on Instagram every day. They're not <laughs> generally listening to podcasts all the time. So, you know, the things that we're talking about aren't always presented to them or easily accessible. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think being, um, not excusing it, but of course, just understanding that there is a difference and then using that time to, you know, educate or just set that boundary, like you said. Yes. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I That comes up with my grandma all the time. And it's kind of like one of those, like, pick your battles. <laughs> like, right. homegirl's 96. Like, right. you know, she commented on someone's body in a Christmas card that she got over, like, a holiday <laughs> card. And it was so funny because Tyler Tyler was there with me. And we just kept, like like, looking at each other and... <laughs> Just the things that she was saying and yeah, it's again, listen, like I'm not, I don't have it in me. I could try, but it's, it's not that, not that stigmatizing she's old and she's stuck in her ways, but it's just that it's going to take a lot of undoing because like you said, she doesn't have access to the wealth of information. Now, if you are someone who's like, you know, you're a 30 some year old, I think about this with like fitness coaches or like health coaches, and you're mm-hmm. still spreading this like really harmful and like, uh, uh-uh, uh, mm-hmm. not excusing you homie, you know, but right. I am just like you. I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a pass on this one and right. just hope that, uh, you don't have a, 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 your reach isn't like drastic and you can't impact a ton of people like in your nursing home, <laughs> you know, like, right. <laughs> How cool would that be, though, if there was, like, a 96-year-old, weight-neutral, you know, grandma who is, like, spreading intuitive eating and anti-diet messages to... In the home. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, I'm Googling this. We're getting someone on the podcast. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. But, yeah, I mean, if you think about how long it's taken to undo a lot of those in us, you know, in our 20s and 30s, and it's still a work in progress. Like, that would be... Three times up by three. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, like, how many different sources of information we've had to utilize, like Mm -hmm. Instagram, books, uh, podcast, coaching, therapy, (laughs) like, so many different things. It's like, you know, we're, we're privileged to have that access compared to... Mm-hmm. you know, our Grammys and our grandpas. So yep. yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else that you can think of that would be helpful to talk through? Um, I think, you know, the teenage population we haven't really <laughs> touched on, but obviously they are probably the highest risk for, you know, having been affected by, watching their moms as they grow up and then experiencing like the judgment from outside sources and stuff as well. Um, so, you know, I have a friend who, um, has a daughter who's kind of in this position where, you know, she's struggling a lot. And so, you know, as much as we can try to prevent these things, you know, it's still possible that Mm -hmm. our daughters or sons do grow up and and still have body issues. Um, and so I'm curious from your perspective, like what resources you would point, you know, this like middle school, high school age, these girls or boys to love that question. My sister, Leslie actually, actually just reached out to me, um, about this, like a couple weeks ago too. I think first and foremost is again, educating ourselves as parents. And, um, so that means, revamping our social media, right? Following helpful um, pages that talk about, you know, this sort of thing. So really working on our own body image and our own relationship with food movement in our body, I think is key because it's like, how are we, how are we going to teach our kids if we haven't taught ourselves or learned ourselves? Um, There's also, I'm sure that there's not specific to teenagers, but I just recently bought a book. um, It's like how to raise intuitive eaters. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
obviously that's for younger kids or children, but I, I know that there's probably books related to teenagers specifically. Um, I think even, again, thinking about teenagers on social media a lot, I don't want to like assume if your teenager is on social media a lot, even like tagging them in these non-diet or really healthy um, healthier, uh, pages, because I know there's like a dietitian that is, it's like college girl dietitian or something like that. And it's so freaking harmful, but her target mm -hmm. audience is, I guess, college students. Right. Um, right. so I think that can be really helpful. Um, I also think like, ask them, have the conversation with them. Um, and again, you don't want to, you don't want to like instill negative body image in them by bringing it up, but just asking like, Hey, I wanted to talk to you about this. Like, do you and your friends talk about it? Or like, how do you feel about your body? You know, like having a conversation I think can be really, really powerful too. In terms of additional resources, I should, I'll draw, I'll put those in the um, show notes. I'll yeah. compile a bunch of resources. Cause again, I was supposed to give those to my sister a while back and I never did. So <laughs> kill two birds with one stone here. You're welcome, Leslie. <laughs> yes, you are so welcome. Um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, um, I think she ended up getting into therapy, but that was one of the first things I suggested too was oh, yeah. the social media follows. Like unfollow these and start following like Alicia McCaverell and mm -hmm. like that, you know, group of people who are so body positive and, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard not to like start thinking that way when you see that stuff all the time. Yeah. The same as that's what gets us in this boat in the first place. So if you're surrounding yourself with those more positive things, like, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think another thing too is depending upon their age, but again, talking, talking through with them, the different points in their life where body image is going to be, or their body is going to be really highlighted. So mm -hmm. again, like the puberty age, right? Like yeah. you're going to go through some changes, honey. Mm -hmm. Um, when they go to college, I think is a really a huge transition to talk about. Like you're going to yeah. be exposed to all different types of bodies if they go to college, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. and talking them through how, you know, when you go to college, your, your access to food might change and I'm no longer going to be cooking your meals for you. So that's going to change. And your body changing as a result of that is totally fine. Like right. you are in a totally different space in your life. And then also talking about once you graduate college or once you're in that like mid twenties, like it's going to change again. And I think just letting them know that body changes are a part of life. Like, mm -hmm. and instead of wanting to avoid those or, um, you know, resist that, how can we lean into it and like appreciate all those things about yeah. it? Like, I think that's something else is having those conversations about these things are going to happen, you know, mm -hmm. but how can we look at it through a more positive perspective, I think can be really helpful. And again, something that as I'm saying it out loud, like I'm definitely going to have those hope, hope to have those conversations with Mallory too. Yeah, I really like that. It's a very simple concept, but I hadn't thought about that before. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, just preparing them for changes will happen because I think we grew up expecting that, like, once you hit high school, like, that's your body forever. <laughs> or at least it should be. You yes. Know? So. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I think so, too. And and I think another thing that can is that is helpful to talk about, and I think about this with a lot of um, – a lot of issues in general, like political or social issues, whatever it might be, but just letting them know that like, you know, here in this house, this is a perspective we have, 
not every house talks about bodies in this way. And we mm -hmm. want to, you know, be respectful of the way that other families choose to talk about bodies, but just know that you're going to come into contact with friends who, you know, don't think that you should live in a larger body or that think that people who do are unhealthy. Um, that's going to happen too. Cause again, we can't like shield them from that. Right. Um, but we can at least let them know like this is going to come up and you are free to form your own opinions. And here in this house, this is what we think about those things. Like, I think mm -hmm. that will be a really helpful thing because again, making them think that everybody is accepting of bodies and you know, right. all airplanes fit bodies of all sizes or right. whatever right. it might be. Like, no, that's that's not reality. And so I think preparing them for that, too, can be really helpful. And again, like all of these things are conversations, you know, mm -hmm. having conversations. And I say that as someone who can't yet have a conversation with a child. Um, <laughs> I don't know. She was really babbling today. We talked yeah. about a lot of good shit this I'm morning. Sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that can be really, really helpful just to develop that open line of communication with them. And who knows, because talking about our bodies is such an intimate thing, I think mm -hmm. it can also bring, I can imagine that it can probably bring you closer to your children and mm -hmm. make them feel more comfortable to talk to you about things um, like intimacy or, you know, whatever it might be. If we can talk about, you know, how we feel about our bodies and it just opens up the doors to more conversations, which I think every parent wants. Every yeah. parent wants to have an open line of communication with their kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This was such a good conversation. Oh my God. I know. I feel so enlightened. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, good. Randy. Yeah. Um, this is good. Yeah. Well, and we've got a couple, couple good ideas in the pipeline. I feel like for our yeah. next couple episodes. So these, these, uh, episodes with us like they turn into just brainstorm sessions because for listeners really Randy good. and I like we sometimes create like an outline but we don't <laughs> we kind of just wing it <laughs> I think it's good though otherwise I get so like stuck on you know making sure that I talk about this or that yeah. sort of thing and and that allows for um, new ideas to pop up but we are always open to hearing your thoughts so both about you know, like motherhood and body image, or maybe how your, um, your parents impacted your body image or what you do as a parent to positively impact your children and their body image. Um, and we're also very interested to know about other topics that maybe come up in mind for you that you would love to hear us chat about. Even if you are someone who's, you know, you're not like a non-diet weight neutral professional, but you're just, you know, an everyday average Joe, you want to come on and chat with us. I mean, I would absolutely be game for that as well because yeah. I'm all, I'm all for that. So, um, yeah, let us know what you think and we will, we will see you back here next week for another one. Thanks for tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, head on over to Apple iTunes or Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Give Them the Bird Podcast to stay up to date with all things GTV. We'll see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird. <laughs>